I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives in the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Walentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about the 12th Amendment. So grab your state delegation. And let's get civical. Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I'm Lizzie Stewart. And I'm Arden Walentowski. And what a week it's been. It's been a travesty of a week. Oh my goodness. What is happening? Everything in the world is happening at the same time. Yeah, I'm just like, hello, have we ever heard of spacing out the plot? You know, like just really putting some air in there. No, it's um. Yeah, it's it's been a week. It feels like things that happened four days ago happened ninety eight years ago, yep. and that twenty like it was like it was almost like twenty twenty condensed down into a week. Yes, and that was this week. <laughs> that was this week. Yes, I feel it, like it was wild. 
I feel like, you know, like if you take any year from the 90s, like all of the things that happened in that year that could be like somehow important have all been condensed down into like one year in 2020 or one week in 2020. And I just like, I, I am tired. I'm tired. We've all, we're perpetually tired. (laughs) I am perpetually tired. I, I feel like a lot of listeners are probably also very perpetually tired. There's like no amount of sleep that I can get that like prepares me for the next day of news. Mm-hmm. the next day of events and i just it's i i can't it's like the wine doesn't even help anymore the wine doesn't <laughs> the wine doesn't even the help wine anymore. doesn't help anymore <laughs> so as the, the wine is not help, somebody oh my god send a helicopter the wine doesn't work anymore the wine is not working anymore it is broken out of precaution i'm gonna check into walter reed because the wine doesn't work anymore <laughs> doesn't work. now that is an snl sketch worth doing the wine doesn't yeah. work anymore the wine doesn't work anymore great snl great. call me call <laughs> us can- let's do it it's such a weird time to be doing something like like what we do because while we're very, you know, educational based, like a lot of the episodes that we choose are because of something that's happening in the present moment. Yeah. And it's just like it's so stressful and you're just I'm always like I hope by 5 days from now this is still relevant. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we haven't missed an opportunity to do something else. Do you remember when we when he, when Trump declared war on Iran? Oh my god. It and was we, and we did a, an episode on declaring war and then I think we recorded it and then like the next day something else happened and it was like well it's still a good standalone episode. Like it was it's still yeah. Yeah. Well, that also happened when we did our our one about um primaries and the oh next god. it was the next day was Iowa and you were and we just watched it being like Oh, oh my god because i don't think we had even released the episode yet we had just recorded it yeah and then the episode was going to come out like a day or two later like the yeah. day after iowa and we're just yeah. like we'll see what happens in iowa and i'm like yeah. we sound like fucking morons now morons. yeah because we didn't predict that iowa would be a catastrophe also remember iowa remember oh iowa hashtag iowa we didn't predict that like phone calls wouldn't work in iowa right we didn't predict that. We didn't predict the app breaking down. Nope. No. And then we nope. stopped doing like the primary update episodes like after South Carolina because it just became so it was too quick. It was like it, well everybody <laughs> dropped out and you were just like yeah. oh, oh, okay. Okay. Every, it was like I am leaving the race. Please support my good buddy Joe Biden. And that's and that was that, you know. Oof. Oof. Very uh yeah, so we're we're trying our best. <laughs> Yep. To keep up. Because, like, with all of the crazy things that happen, eight, like, you know, the 94th very, um you know, catastrophic things that happen within one week, within those catastrophic things are a lot of information things that people may not know why it's happening, what they are, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So we're trying to keep up <laughs> and trying to keep the educational aspect up. So uh, I hope this is still relevant by 
Wednesday of yeah. the, uh, that when this is coming out in, yeah. in three days. Yeah. And if it's not, it's still interesting to know. So <laughs> Well, hopefully the Twelfth Amendment will still be relevant will still be relevant to the election of the president. You can't say shit like this anymore. <laughs> we hope the Twelfth Amendment will still be relevant. <laughs> Honey, there may not be a Twelfth Amendment oh in three God. days. I don't know. I I don't know. I like what are you talking? Like, come on. Anything is possible. That's it's what 2020 true. has taught me. Anything is possible. Anything there is possible. There is no security. <laughs> no. And it, like 2020 is either going to like make or break a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> it's where boys turn into men. <laughs> it's our Hunger Games. It's our, it is our personal and national Hunger Games. Yes, yes. I did not volunteer as tribute. This is fucked up. This is no good. <laughs> this is no good. I, you know. No. Anyways, yeah, we're going to talk about the 12th Amendment because uh, it's just become, it. like, it was kind of like a hum and a whisper, you know, once, uh, it was what, after the debates, near, around the debates, they, this, I don't know, this is when it came into my consciousness where, yeah. like, it was like, Nancy Pelosi is you know, sent out a memo prepping yeah. House members that, you know, this might be a possibility, so this is what we have to do, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's why I was like, well, let's talk about the 12th Amendment yeah. and what what it is and all the stuff. So yeah. that's when it, yeah, that's when it came into my consciousness because of the news. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a good one to talk about because, you know, we'll see what happens on election night. God, I don't even, Yep. I don't even know, like, what a crazy day that's going to be. I can't, like, I will, I will do nothing all day. I will not be able to do anything all day. Sure. I should be, I, I haven't gotten my assignment yet, but ah. I'm more than likely going to be being a poll worker, which yes. is great because from like 5 a.m. to like 10, 11 p.m., I will be at the polls doing the poll worker job, which I'm kind of really grateful for yeah. to have because it's going to just be like I'm just going to be so distracted yep. by by the process because I'm just assuming, you know, it's it's a, it's a big election. A lot of people are going to yep. be there. We're going to try to get a lot of people, everybody, you know, in and voted and all that stuff. So I'm I'm really welcoming <laughs> the distraction of the full day, the distraction of like not having to focus on it, the distraction from like we can't have our phones out like like oh, really? away from me. No, no, because you're like you're a you're representing the board of election and you can't like you know phones That's... or computers and like it's a security Ooh. thing and it's also yeah, there's a lot of like I had to go to a poll worker class yesterday and take a test to like officially become a poll worker. It was so it's so there's so many very fascinating things about it that we probably should just do an episode on but um that's so cool yeah but yeah one of the yeah you can't have your phone out a lot of a lot of like restrictive things that you can't do because you can't be seen like influencing or trying to because it's electioneering yeah yeah it's a crime yep so that's my big those are my big plans on election day i'm gonna need to structure my day <laughs> Yeah, everybody, first of all, make your voting plan. Make your voting plan if you're voting early in person or by absentee or by mail. 
And then make your plan for what you are going to do with the rest of your time yes. on November 3rd. Yes. There's just so many things you can do that are productive that don't necessarily have to do with social media and the news. If you're really like feeling the urge to do something meaningful on that day, like sitting on Instagram and like posting and posting uh, and posting uh, or Twitter or whatever is not no. productive. It's not productive. Do it once, share a couple things and then like do some meaningful action to yep. support that, you know? So make your plan. Let us know what you're doing. I, I'm not going to be able to give a lot of updates when I'm being a poll worker, obviously, because I will be electioneering if I do. But I will try to try to get a post or something out there, from, um, maybe on a break if we have them from outside HQ. I can't do it inside HQ. So, anywho, let's talk about the Twelfth Amendment and not me being a poll worker. We've tried to introduce this topic. That is the third time. Third time's the charm. So we're going to kick things off by simply doing what I love to do most, and that's reading the Constitution. Reading the, uh, We're going to read the 12th Amendment. It's going to be amazing. Get ready. And also, like, for this entire episode are the House Archives, love. which we love. We have two articles uh, from the Constitution Center, one by Sanford Levinson and Britannica. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we got today. But like I said, before we before we even start trying to understand it, let's just see what the text is on the parchment. So the 12th Amendment reads, and I quote, The electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for president and vice president one of whom, at least, shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about this part. I remember this yeah. part. I remember this part. Okay. We love that. Like, short, short sweet. sweet. We're, electors meet. We're talking about the electors in the Electoral College, and they vote for president and vice president as long as one of them is not also from that same state as they love. are. Yeah. Love. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president and in distinct ballots the person voted for as vice president. And they shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for as president and all of persons voted for as vice president and of the number of votes for each which list they shall sign and certify and transmit <laughs> sealed to the seat of government of the United States directed to the president of the Senate. What a bad, that was all one, one sentence. sentence. And so many, like, the the ballots of the person voted for as president. Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. They say it's like the same thing like four ba -ba 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 -ba. times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, edit, 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 okay? More is not always no, better. No, Sometimes less is better. Streamline your writing. Streamline your writing. It is a constant critique I get, and I am always appreciative. Streamline your writing. Yeah. So basically, they're like, you're going to write down everybody who voted for president, everybody who voted for vice president. You're going to put it in an envelope. You're going to send it to the president yep. of the Senate. Dear Mr. President, here is yeah, the is list. The list. Yeah. That's that. The president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open 
all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be the president if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed. Yes. So, simple. He opens, he, he's like, I haven't opened it. I haven't opened it. So this is a seal. He opens it in front of everybody and he's like, I think it's going to be Lizzie. Majority. <laughs> <laughs> she got 271. 271. She's the president. She's the president. Hallelujah. Yep. Continuing on. And if no person have such majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of those voted for as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. So this is the part yeah. of the 12th Amendment that we're focusing on today. Yeah. Like, we've seen the 12th Amendment before. We've spoken about her. We did our Electoral College episode. Yeah. We've talked about her. We've danced around her. This is the part that we are focusing on today. Because what they've done, yet again, is they've packed a lot of things into one amendment. So let's, you know. Yeah. So what they're saying is, if there's no majority, the House of Representatives will then vote based on those candidates remaining. Yeah. Which, in, like, our case, would be the two. You know, it's it's going to be the two. Like, yeah, and whoever <laughs> happens to be on, like, a third-party ballot that we don't even know about. <laughs> right, nobody's right, right, paying right. attention to them. I haven't, even, I haven't heard of any third-party candidates. I, no. I know that they're out there, but, like, I can't even, no. like, I can't even focus it's on like that It's like the right rent now. is too damn high. Like, I, like, honestly, yes. Yeah. Continuing on. But in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states the representation from each state having one vote, a quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two-thirds of the state and a majority of all the states shall be necessary to a choice. Yep. So, so they're saying again, this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna dive into. This is the yeah, this is the rigmarole of it. So like you have a quorum. So in order to like have this body meet and to have it be valid, two thirds of the states have to be represented. So a third of the states could be like, no, we're good. Like I or like, you know, we don't need to we don't need to like voice our opinion. Or they could be like, we're protesting this because clearly so and so won. You know, like they're like yeah. two thirds of the states need to be present to have a quorum. And then of those two thirds or whoever whatever amount of states show up, fingers crossed it'll be fifty. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> Knock on wood, everybody shows up. Everybody shows up. Then the majority of the states Whatever vote the majority makes of those states, that's the choice. That is the president. Yeah. It's a very – it's not a long amendment. It's just, like, very complicated. Yeah, it's very complicated. Because – and if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president, whenever the right of choice shall devolve upon them, before the fourth day of March, the next following, then the vice president shall act as president. And in case of the death or other constitutional disability of the president. Yeah. So literally, if for whatever reason, the House of Representatives cannot come up with a majority to decide, like, for example, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, yeah. then by the 4th of March, uh, 2021, Mike Pence becomes vi becomes president. Yeah. That's what it's saying. If, it, if, they, if the House can't <laughs> decide, yeah. I just imagine Mike being like, come on. <laughs> This is this is the long game I've been playing. 
my god that's mother crazy. come look come watch them vote mother, me in mother mother it's it's exactly as we planned exactly as we planned mother so so everybody just keep that in mind that if for whatever reason the house can't come up with the majority to decide then it's simply if march 4th rolls around congratulations to michael pence yep i'm so tired behind my eyeballs yes because of this it's very it's 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 a lot it's a yeah. It's, it's a lot like we didn't we couldn't have a better way to do this, guys. Like again, no, they really couldn't. This feels couldn't like a tavern agree. decision. That's <laughs> for sure. That's they for also sure. just made it so. I mean, I put some stuff in here about like they could have just been like I don't know whatever the popular vote is. Like that seems good. They literally could have said that. Well, because they, they the popul they didn't want the the population no. voting no. as we've talked about. Yeah, and we will <laughs> and talk about that again. Okay, continuing on. The person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president. If such a number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, and if no persons have a majority, then from the two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president. A quorum for this purpose shall consist of two-thirds of the whole number of senators, and a majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a choice. So the House gets to choose the president. Yes. Because it's, like, the most representative of the people. Yeah. The Senate gets to choose the vice president. Yeah. Great. And in pretty much a, sa- a similar process. A similar process. It's just interesting that this is a thing. Like, now we don't think of this as a thing because the president or when people are running for president, they choose their vice president. Right. So, of course, if you vote, like, I mean, who is voting for, like, I'm going to go with Joe Biden, but you know what? I really like Mike Pence. I mean, actually, you could do that. But, sure. like, the, the like percentage of people who would do that is very, very low. So, right, like, right. this, this, like, this feels like a, like, it's a process to have in place, and that's good. Right. Because they've well, split also, up the like, duties, but it just feels like, like, we would, this would, ne- like, it is very rare in modern times that we would get to this point and we would see like a split party administration out of this vote. Sure. But (laughs) no person constitutionally ineligible to the office of president shall be eligible to that of the vice president of the United States. This is one of those where I'm like, yeah, what? like, Okay, but yeah. I feel like I feel like there was just some dude. There's just there's just Trevor who was at the, <laughs> who was at the tavern and was like, okay, but like I think we should have something in there where it's very clear that if you're not eligible for president, you're not eligible for vice president. Yeah. And there, everybody's like, fine, Trevor, fine, fine. Yeah. We'll put yeah, it in I there. Felt, Sit I felt down. like that was obvious. Like we had <laughs> the requirements for what a president should be. We like wrote that out. So yeah, if you're not that, you can't be vice president no. because if he dies, then your vice pre- then your president. So yeah. yeah, but sure, Trevor, you can have a line in the Twelfth <laughs> Amendment where we're making it super so clear. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that is how it concludes. That's how it concludes. Yeah. Is is just that the last addendum by Trevor saying. If you are not eligible for president, you're not eligible for vice president. And they were like, yep. you know what? This is a perfect amendment. Yep. It's done. It's done. It's done. <laughs> boom, bang, boom. And so just a little bullet point. This is from that Constitutional Center article by Sanford Levinson. So this splitting of the presidency and vice presidency did not go uncontested. At least two yep. senators 
expressed their reservations about the quality of vice presidential candidates rather than asking of a candidate, quote, is he capable? Is he honest? (laughs) Delaware's Senator White suggested that the question instead would be, quote, can he by his name? by his connections, by his wealth, by his local situation, by his influence, or his, how do you say that? Intrigues. Intrigues best promote the election of a president. Okay, Senator White. Like, talk about, like, finger on the pulse of, you know, the last 30 years of election politics. Yeah. Like, Can he, by his name, <laughs> by his connections, yeah. by his wealth, blah, 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 best promote the election of a president? That's what, that's the question we need to ask of our vice presidential candidates. Yeah. Can you best promote the election of a president? He was like, yeah, he was really, what he's speaking to is this idea that like the vice president would be like, uh, you know, like basically like some kind of. Like the chair of campaign finance, like somebody who would help him get in there and be a mouthpiece and be a marketer. And then he would have this job as vice president because, you know, obviously he's helped get this person elected. Yeah, which is honestly what we do now. Which is kind of what we do. I think, think, uh, you know, Senator White of Delaware back in Hamanisha missed the point a little bit in that that didn't need to be the vice president. It can just be the president. Could be the president. We could just (laughs) pick somebody who people are like, you know what, this guy, this guy. This guy, he's got name, he's got wealth, he's got it all. He's got influence and a local situation. Yeah, but yeah, no, now we use the the office of the vice president to somehow – gain the votes of a demographic that yep. we as the president probably like may not have felt secure in like, yes that's why people pick their vice yes. president like who's yep. who's the most strategic choice yes how can we shore up the vote by pick by like which person best shores up whatever portion of the vote we need for whatever particular election year right yeah senator tracy of connecticut agreed quote Will the ambitious, aspiring candidate for the presidency, will his friends and favorites promote the election of a man, man's, of talents, probity, and popularity for vice president, and who may prove his rival? No! They will seek a man of moderate talents! (laughs) Men! Men, men, men! Yep. God, I know. Senator Trey. I'm just like, like, it's, come on, you bunch of nerds. Like, sit down. They're just like in the chamber, like, <laughs> no. I know. There's... Decorum and decency and hello. They're such dorks. They're dorks. Yep. Sorry, nerds. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're flipping nerds. They're nerds. They're so nerds. As a nerd, I, I, Take no offense. No, no. These are these are you know, these are top 1789 level nerds. Eighty nine nerds. Oh, it's yes. different. Oh, it's yes. different from two thousand and twenty nerds. That's for sure. Well, that's for sure. Being a nerd is cool now. Hell yeah, that is. Hell yeah. We're gonna take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. 
And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Um, but okay, tell me about what happened before. Yes, so that's <laughs> the, the 12th, 12th Amendment. Amendment. So it comes so it comes at a time like before before it was passed and the states ratified the 12th Amendment. All the Constitution said about deciding a president deciding the presidential election was from Article 2, Section 1, Clause 3 that said, and if there be more than one who have such majority and have an equal number of votes, then the House of Representatives shall immediately choose by ballot one of them for president. So this is what Lizzie was talking about earlier, which is that whoever came in first in the elect- the presidential election was president. Whoever came in second was vice president. And often they were of different parties because yeah. as is, you know, was probably want to happen even though the founding fathers didn't like it and didn't enjoy it, political parties really started to take hold in politics and become a thing. And so, you know, it would be hard to have an administration that did anything productive, I guess, mm-hmm. in their opinion, that uh, had one president from one party and a vice president from a different party. I mean, sure. 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 I mean, who's to say? Who's to say? Yep. So, like I said, the founding fathers, bless their hearts, struggled. Bless, bless their hearts. their hearts. I mean, they I mean, struggled. Hashtag struggle. Look, <laughs> it's hard to put pen to parchment in a tavern. So they struggled to find a way to select the president and vice president of the new United States. <laughs> that is clear in the 12th Amendment. It's very clear. <laughs> There's a lot of ideas being yeah. thrown around. Just <laughs> So this is all coming from the House Archives. Governor Morris, who was a delegate from Pennsylvania, compared the Federal Constitutional Convention's debates on the issue of electing presidents to the Greek epic, The Odyssey. God, no. Don't. Just drama. Don't. Morris. Morris. Mm -hmm. I know how much you want to compare this to epic literature. I beg of you. Yep. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But he's going to go there. He's He's going to go there. He's going to do it. He's going to go there. 
So he said, quote, when this article was under consideration in the National Convention, it was observed that every mode of electing the chief magistrate of a powerful nation hitherto adopted is liable to objection. Is liable to objection. I don't know. There's a lot of things that are liable to objection, uh-huh. quite honestly, Morris. But but sure. They just, they disagreed, and he was very adamantly disagreeing, or agreeing that there was a disagreement. He was validating <laughs> a disagreement. He was validating their opinions. He validating, was piggybacking off of a, he was of piggy- a disagreement. He was piggybacking off and circling back around and validating everybody in the room to make sure they were all heard. I love it. Love it. Okay, Morris, go off. So various methods for selecting the executive were offered, reviewed, and discarded during the (laughs) Constitutional Convention. (laughs) They were, like, legislative in nature, direct elections, gubernatorial influence, you know, as a lever, electoral, and lottery, which, like, hashtag lottery. Yes. Dang it. I can't believe we didn't go with lottery. Why didn't we go with lottery? Everybody I could have had be, a chance. I could have been a contender. Everybody would be super involved in politics if you could, like, put your name in the Goblet of Fire. I know. In the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> this is, oh my gosh. It would be, everybody would care. Everybody would care because they'd be like, sure. I can be president. It would be a nation of even more narcissists. It would be a nation of potential <laughs> vice president. Lizzie Stewart, multi-hyphenate, comedian, podcaster, potential vice presidential candidate. Like, come on. Oh, my God. Man, what a missed opportunity. That one they were definitely drunk for. This was like, this was like eight pints of shitty ale in. And they're like, okay, okay, wait, bear with me. What about, what about a lottery? What if we all just put our name in a hat and boom, bop, be doom, boop, boop? Ah! Uh, 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 uh. And, no. and they were like, oh my God, let's write it down. And then the next day they looked at the parchment and they were like, wow, we have to discard this. Put this in the fireplace. Burn put it away. It. Put it away. Put it away. They can tell that we're drunk. It's like it's like you know when your grade school teacher is like, let's take some ch- some suggestions for the things, and and like there's always some kid who's like, rat poop, and you're like, no, thank you for your suggestion. thank you, Felix. Yeah, but no. sit the fuck down. Hard pass. <laughs> well, but you know I'm always begging. I am always always begging for creativity from our founding fathers, yeah. and here hey. amongst the di- discarded ideas is a sliver <laughs> of of something new. A sliver of something jazzy. Something jazzy. Like, they I see those parchments. Yeah. Show me the lottery option. I want to know where that piece of parchment ended up. They delivered on your wish for more drama. Mm-hmm. They Is there a Powerball? It's <laughs> 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 oh, so good. Uh, it's such so a good. shame. Okay, shout out. Yep. A decision resulted only late in the convention when the Committee of Detail... The Committee of Detail? <laughs> That's what it was called. Oh, of my de- God. They're <laughs> losers. These are losers. <laughs> These are losers because they're like, what are we going to call ourselves? I know. We're the Committee of Detail. And it's like, get out of here, you bunch of losers. Come on. Detail. I love that it's like of detail. Also, and it's like not detailed at all. It's a mess. It's It's so vague. They were drunk. For who? The committee giants? Like, come on. The committee of detail was just drunk the whole time. That's why the details, the details and structure of our government are 
fucking disastrous. Mm -mm, no, thank committee you. Committee of detail. <laughs> there was not a Virgo on that committee. I guarantee no. you, not a Virgo no. was on the committee. Come on, no. come on! I would not let have let this shit slide. Are you kidding mm -hmm. me? I would I have whooped these boys. All right. Yeah. Ugh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating not to be there to guide them when they were setting up this nation. Sure. They should have called. It me. was a missed opportunity. Was. It was a missed opportunity. It was. Yeah. So the Committee of Detail presented executive election by special electors selected by the state legislatures. Because at the end of the day, what they really did not want was for the people to actually vote for their president. Correct. They correct, didn't correct, want correct. that. So they it's were like, in the parchment. huh, let's, let's do special people who are selected that we by choose. the that we choose who are selected by the state legislatures and then those special people will choose the president that's what they said yes that's and that's what that's what it is except the state legislatures part they don't do that anymore this compromise preserved states rights hashtag states rights hashtag hashtag states rights increase the independence of the executive branch okay and avoided popular election much to our dismay. From the House archives. From, this is like, I think people think that we're being hyperbolic or that it's some sort of like liberal agenda to say that like, oh, it's it's to avoid the people having a voice. Literally within the yeah. House archives yes. this is that we do not have influence over. Trust me, I've tried. It's there. It's it, like, it, this is a direct pull from the House yes. archives. Yes. Like, I, it's not a secret. No, it's not a secret. It was their goal. <laughs> yeah. It was their goal. Goal achieved. In this plan, Congress plays a formal role in the election of the president and the vice president. While members of Congress are expressly forbidden from being electors, Great. I, that was a great step. I love that protection. The Constitution requires the House and Senate to count the Electoral College's ballots and in the event of a tie to select the president and vice president, respectively, which we've talked about. Right. That's the 12th Amendment. So Congress has like no influence over the electors. They just count their votes. They just count them. Mm -hmm. They just count them. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to talk about the events leading up. To the Twelfth Amendment, which dun 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 dun. dun. So under the original text of the Constitution, political participation was at first reserved for the American elite. We know this. This is coming from Britannica, by the way. Only landowning white males could run for office and vote, and the voting privilege itself was restricted in presidential elections to elite slates of electors who would effectively choose the country's president and vice president. Yeah. Again, this is not, this is what it is. This yep. is what, this is our history. Like, it's not, like, I'm not being hyperbolic. This yep. is just what it literally was. Yes. The provisions for electing the president and vice president have been among the most amended in the Constitution. Initially, electors voted for two individuals without differentiating between the ballot for president and vice president. As we talked about, the loser became vice president and the winner became president. Yep. In 1796, remember it? Excellent year for me personally. This comes from the House archives. The winner of the largest block of votes so long as it was a majority of all the votes cast, would win the presidency. The individual with the second largest number of votes would become vice president. In 1796, this meant that John Adams became president and Thomas Jefferson became vice president, despite opposing each other 
for the presidency. So here's an example of, yeah. you're a different party than I am. Yep. You're the president and I'm the vice president. And then they're looking at each other being like, I have to work with you or I, I don't have to like serve you. under you. I don't like you. Not a fan. You, you, you a fan. have opposite goals to mine. Yes. Not I, a fan. I, John, how... you need a hug. Yeah. Thomas, get a grip. Yep. Quite honestly. Yep. Then in 1800 on the dot... The 1800 presidential election further tested the presidential selection system when Jefferson and renegade of the show Aaron Burr, the Republican candidates for president and vice president, tied at 73 electoral ballots each. So this is where we see it. It's a tie. People are like, how is that possible? Has it ever happened? Yes. It happened with TJ and Aaron Burr. Yeah. If you watch Hamilton, it's also there too. So, again, we're still in the House archives. So, they tie. Then, the House, under the Constitution, then chose between Jefferson and Burr for president. The Constitution mandates that House members vote as a state delegation and that the winner must obtain a simple majority of the state. So, this is where I was a little confused. So, it's not like... The, you know, the 400 plus representatives we have now each cast like a single vote and is like, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like they form a delegation and yeah. from that delegation, they get a vote. Yes. So like the, you know, the 40 people from New York. Yeah. There's not 40, but like, you know, yeah. they get one vote. Then the 60 people from Texas, they get a vote. Yeah. And 100 people from California, they get a vote. And yeah. that there's only that's the whole um, House of Representatives. So obviously that's not the right numbers, but <laughs> not not the number, not the actual numbers, but yeah. But it's not but like how idea. it is now where there's like, you know, a super right now we have a majority. Uh, the Democrats are in the majority. In this case, actually, the delegations lean, I believe right now, Republican um, for the majority, the state mm. delegations. I believe. Ooh, look I at believe. that. That's what that an article, that article, I read an article, what is it called? I don't know, but I read it and that's something, something to note that, Ooh. uh, it is, it would not be if, if say that the, the Biden Trump election was brought to the house floor. That is not to say that that is at all a shoe in for Biden to win for because Biden. the Democrats control the house because of how the state delegation system works. That's such so a, just know that. That's such a great point. Thank you. Sometimes yeah. I do it. Good Sometimes work. I surprise. Anyways, back to Jefferson and Aaron Burr, these two drama queens. Yeah. The fight of the century. So the House deadlocked at eight states for Jefferson and six for Burr and two tied. After six days of debate and 36 ballots, Jefferson won 10 state delegations in the House when Burr supporters in the two tied states, which were Vermont and Maryland, filed blank ballots rather than support Jefferson. <laughs> Dang. Some shade. Woo. Yep. So, yeah. So, it's like, it's almost like how, uh, whatchamacallit, it's like uh, conventions work, right? Where yeah. you have to get a certain number of the delegates like a, a, a majority of the delegates to agree to you, yeah. which is why you can go into second and third. Like you, you can go into contested conventions. It's this. It's kind of a similar process where it's like we're here until we all get to a majority. Yep. And if the and if March fourth rolls around, then it's the the current vice president went. Like it's that guy. It's that guy. It's that guy. He's that guy. 
So people who are like, why are we even talking about this? It has happened. It happened once, I believe, in all of history. It was the Aaron Burr and Thomas Jefferson election. And my oh my. My oh my. They quickly realized. They were like, no, 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 no. This is not going to work for us. You dot S dot. Not going to function. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to come up with a better better system. But but that is, that would be similar to to what would happen in the case of this election. Should it have to go to the House? We would be seeing state delegations having to cast a ballot and a candidate getting a majority of the the state delegations to become president. Hmm. In the Hmm. House. In the House. So just bring us home. What happens next? You tell me. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) What happens next? So since the, so this is coming once again from our dear beloved house archives. I love them so much. They're so good. Really shout out to the staffers at whoever works, worked recently in the past at house archives. You're doing the Lord's work. We're such a fan. Since the 12th amendment, one other presidential election has come to the house. In 1824, Andrew Jackson of Tennessee won a plurality of the national popular vote and 99 votes in the Electoral College, 32 short of a majority. John Quincy Adams was a runner-up with 85, and Treasury Secretary William Crawford had 41. Speaker of the House Henry Clay had 37, and expected to use his influence in the House to win the election. So Henry Clay okay. just thought he was going to, like, walk He's, like, in, in last there. place. Yeah. And he's like, just you wait. I'm about to just rock your socks off. I'm about to use my influence. I Yes, I am in last place, but you watch me. I want to... I literally want to walk in with Henry Clay energy to be like, you know what? You know what? Yes. Am I losing by a lot? By like 60 votes? Correct. Yes. But you just watch. I'm about to turn this whole ship around. I'm going to turn this around. This is going to be my day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the 12th Amendment required the House to consider only the top three vote getters when no one commands an overall majority. Sorry, Henry. Sorry, Henry. Sorry. The House chose Adams over Jackson, and when Adams made Clay Secretary of State, Jackson said the two had struck a corrupt bargain. So You know what, Andrew Jackson? Yes. Do I care about your opinion? No. No. I don't care about you. You suck. Not a fan. Not a fan. No. You can... Oh. Yeah. I hate... Yep. Keep going. That's exactly right. That is exactly <laughs> the correct opinion. I hate... Mm-hmm. Correct. Quote me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put it on a t-shirt. I hate... Perfect. He... So uh, Jackson said, quote... He's such no, no. a dramatic fucking queen. Oh, my God. The Judas... I can't even say it. I'm not... I am laughing. The Judas of the West has closed the contract and will receive the 30 pieces of silver. Was there ever witnessed such a barefaced corruption in any country before? Oh my God, honey, just you wait till 2020. <laughs> you have he's, no idea. He's so dramatic. Like, can't you just see oh him God, standing yeah. there and like saying these words yes. and then like spitting and like throwing things? And, like, throwing down, like, a glass of ale. Like, just so mad. The swagger. Not a fan. Keep, keep, 
crying Andrew Jackson. The Judas Jackson. of the West. The Judas of the West. <laughs> like, come on. Like, even Judas is like, dude, like, no. <laughs> Bro, that's like, a stretch. Bro, don't speak Bro, my name. Bro, that's a stretch, okay? No. Keep my name out of your mouth. <laughs> right. It's also- You have it no also, idea. <laughs> it also doesn't make any sense. It's not a good, like, Judas sold Jesus out <laughs> To put just pilot. Like, there's no. Right. So it's like, is, so is, here, let's, let's figure this out. So John Quincy Adams, I'm assuming is the Judas I, that is, of the West. That is my, so, yeah. I think in this scenario, if John Quincy Adams, who's never had a hug in his life, is the Judas of the West, then I think that Andrew Jackson is thusly comparing himself to Christ. Yes, that is correct. As being the one who was sold out. He is Christ and also the West. Like, I'm just so confused as to how you can look in the mirror and go, I am Christ-like. <laughs> <laughs> he had undiagnosed narcissism. He needed to go oh, to therapy. Sure. He had undiagnosed narcissism. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, my God. How about the Mary Magdalene of the North, my friend? Like, what... <laughs> Okay, the Ezekiel of the South. What else do you got? Like, I got, you know, come on. The Isaiah of the Northwest. Like, come on. What does this mean? Like, stop it. I want t-shirts made the Mary Magdalene of the North. Oh, God. That's, oh, God. Put it on a button. Come on. Oh, my God. That's so good. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Mary Magdalene of the North. Like, what are you talking about? It's like. What are you talking about? Shut up. Come on. Oh god. Okay. So so that was Jackson being a bitch ass bitch. So then the <laughs> technical work. I love when you provide me just succinct intellectual commentary to really unpack what oh, is happening. Man, I needed this episode. I really needed to fucking <laughs> laugh. It's so good. <laughs> Here for it. Here for it. The Okay, so moving on to the next election where like something happened. The contested 1876 presidential election between Republican Rutherford B. Hayes of Ohio and Democrat. Did you say Rutherford? I say Rutherford. You say Rutherford? Yeah. I know. I think I'm in the wrong. I think but you I've are in the wrong Rutherford here. Rutherford B. Rutherford? I think it's Come Rutherford on. B. Hayes. Rutherford. I, I, Rutherford. Shut Ruth- up. It's, this is like invoice again. Like invoice envoys. Because. Because it's not Ruth. You're saying it like the first part of his name is Ruth. It's Rutherford. Rutherford. Rutherford B. Hayes. I don't know. Listen, I like yours better. Yours makes me laugh. Rutherford. It sounds... You... Look, I saw saw the name coming up, and in my head, I was like... Yeah, it's like... uh, What was it? Uh, Between Republican Rutherford B. Hayes... (laughs) Of Ohio and... And then you said Rutherford, and I was like, Rutherford? Wait... Rutherford. It's always Rutherford. It sounds like a puppy. Rutherford Ruth- B. Hayes. Oh my god. I mean, honestly, I like also it. Rutherford B. Hayes. Who are you? Like, why? <laughs> why were you president? We gotta do a whole thing on Rutherford. Rutherford. We gotta Whatever. do. I. Uh, yeah, we should do some episodes about like after the election about like random like, ass presidents. Yeah, random ass presidents who like signed a bill. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Who was Ruther- Rutherford B. Hayes? So it was him and Democrat Samuel J. Tilden of New York. They were the last to require 
a con- congressional intervention, this the 1876 presidential election between them. Mm-hmm. Tilden won the popular vote and the electoral count, but Republicans challenged the results in three southern states, which submitted certificates of election for both candidates. Okay. Yeah. This is new. So, like, the paperwork is funny. So, what? Yeah, it's new. So while the Constitution requires the House and Senate to formally count the certificates of election in joint session, it is silent on what Congress should do to resolve disputes. Sure. Sure. I would say it's silent on a lot of things. Sure, sure. Like slavery. We didn't think it through. Sure. In January of 1877, Congress established the Federal Electoral Commission to investigate the disputed electoral college ballots. The bipartisan commission, which included representatives, senators, and Supreme Court justices. So don't tell me, Chief Justice John Roberts, that gerrymandering is not within your purview because you can't get political. Mm -hmm. Precedent would tell us otherwise. Yes. And granted, this is one of my least favorite Supreme Court decades. Um, Oh, yeah. I would say everything pre-1990. Two is my least favorite Supreme Court. Everything <laughs> before the 90s, you know, I'm like, I don't like you guys that much. Couple of good that things, much. but mostly bad. Yeah. So this bipartisan commission of rep- representatives, senators, and Supreme Court justices voted along party lines, surprise, to award all the contested ballots to Hayes. Dang. Securing the pres. I know. I mean, it's not unlike... Actually, it's identical to what happened to Al Gore in 2000. It secured and thus securing the presidency for Hayes by a single electoral vote. That's oh crazy. my lord. It's banana ass. That is B A N A N A S. N A S. The commission's controversial results did not spark the violence in post Civil War South that some had feared, largely because Republicans had struck a compromise with Southern Democrats to remove federal soldiers from the South, and end Reconstruction in the event of a Hayes victory. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that sentence, yeah. and I need to know more. <laughs> yeah. I need like, to know I don't more. Want, I, I don't want to I don't want to strike a deal with a Southern Democrat in 1870, whatever this is. Absolutely like, 1876? No. no. No, we shouldn't be making no. deals with Southern Democrats in this, uh, in this case. Sorry. No. No, sorry. So, again, from the House Archives, while states varied in how they select presidential – so this is not current – while states varied in how they selected presidential electors through the 19th century, electors today are uniformly popularly elected rather than appointed and pledged to support a given candidate. Right. So, yeah. So now they're they're elected by the people, which seems more appropriate than having them be elected by the state legislature. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Great. Okay. Throw me Fine. a bone. Thank you. Throw me a bone. The act, like, I don't think anybody, like, is contesting where the electors come from. We're contesting their existence. The existence of the electors at this point the in time. The existence yes. of the electors. Yes. yes. Although no election since 1824 has been decided in the House of Representatives, a shift of rev- relatively few votes in a small number of key states might well have led to that result in 1948, 1968, and like we just said, 2000. Bush v. Gore. Bush v. Gore. What this means... Oh, so this is coming from this, the article by Sanford Levinson from the Constitution Center. Quote, what this means, practically speaking, is that in contemporary America, 
Wyoming, the smallest state with under six with under six hundred thousand people, would have the same say in choosing a new president as California, with a population nearly seventy times that of Wyoming. So, I mean, it's a perfect system. It's a perfect I system. Have no there notes. are no flaws. I have no. no notes. Perfect, perfect on every uh, level. every stroke of the ink. It's great. It's great. I mean, yeah. I have. Come on, it's, it's amazing. It's literally amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it should be interesting, I guess, for people to know that should there be, like, this is something that is a possibility of somebody not receiving a majority of electoral votes and or somehow tying, which has happened before. And for people to know that should that be the case. This is the process according to the 12th Amendment. It goes to the House of Representatives. The state delegations within the House of Representatives have to come up with a majority for one of the, in this case, two, potentially three. But I don't know if a third party can. I uh, haven't heard of any major third party candidate that I think could get enough votes to make it to the House. So let's say in this case they have a majority for one of our two major candidates has to be uh, reached by the state delegations within the House. And that person from that system would become the president. If the House can't do it, March 4th, deadline. (laughs) And then the craziest thing that's never happened is then the vice president would then become the president. But, um, But no, I do think that third party candidates aside, this will be, it does appear to be that this will be a two candidate race um and we should probably like i i'm focusing on just that that the two candidate thing oh yes you know if there's a third party candidate who really speaks to your values and stuff like obviously go forth the important thing as i always want to say is to vote for whomever you feel will lead this country in the best direction it doesn't have to be who i think and have voted for but um, I think you should vote. It's your constitutional right. It's super, super important. There are also other things on the ballot other than the president. So yep. please look up what your ballot is going to be. You can do that. You can see what's going to be on your ballot. So you come prepared. Boom, big, boom. Be nice to your poll workers because they're going to be really, um, they're working really long hours and their name might be Lizzie Stewart. So uh, just <laughs> bear with them. Um and make your voting plan and make your day of plan and expect the unexpected. Yep. Because that's all we can do. Yes. But that is our episode for today. And as always, if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical. You can rate us, you can review us, and you can hashtag subscribe to us. We love you so, so much. And we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.